Not since the night of the firstborn of Egypt did the angel of death visit the earth. Yet his services were required again in the year 701 BC. According to Jewish tradition, the angel of death was named Aziel, and a night of reckoning for the powers that be was set forth. here to see you. Please let him in. My king. Isaiah, please put some clothes on. Ever since this morning, you've been walking around naked. I cannot disobey my God. But you are naked. That's the word. You will be stripped down naked and bare and exposed if you partner with those hedonistic nations. They will become your snare and downfall. <coughs> Did you ally yourselves with them? I have not, but we are discussing strategy. Listen to me. You must not do this thing. Isaiah, do you know? Yes, it started. I just received report the Assyrians have become their attack upon Philistia. Spies reported the largest army the world has ever seen approaching Philistia. My lord, they are but flesh. I know, and I told my men this. <laughs> my king, you are not well. I am not well, and I fear the worst for our people as well. My king, you cannot partner with these nations. You bind your soul with their fate. I know no other way. I cannot help but partner with them. Their treasures and soldiers and chariots and horsemen. We are no match for the Assyrians. That is why it must be the Lord only that fights our battles. Hear me, King. Only God can save no one else. We must trust in Him and Him alone.
the Assyrian army was invincible. City after city fell to the largest army ever fielded on campaign. Four Philistine cities have already surrendered, and Ashdod was the last of the cities resisting the Assyrians. Hezekiah's armies were no match for the Assyrians, and they melted in fear, fleeing back to Judah, leaving the defenders of Ashdod helpless to resist the endless archers of the Assyrian army hurling salvos of projectiles into the city. What say they? Do they surrender? They do, my lord. Their only terms are a request of protection from Egypt. Egypt. That splinter reed. Yes, we will keep them from Egypt. From Shaka, how many days were we forced to wait before this city before they surrendered? Twenty-one days, sir. Then we shall string up twenty-one of their nobles and flay the hide off their worthless carcasses. Rabshaka, do it before the rest of the nobles, and pull the artisans of the city out, and they shall commemorate this great day in our annals, and carve it in stone. Let the horrors be remembered for generations to come. Ah, oh my lord, they only have eighteen nobles in the city. <sighs> really, man? Use your head for something other than a helmet rack. Must the king think of everything himself? Go and promote some new nobles. Better yet, find the sons of the men who we are going to impale today and put them in their place. That will show them. Leave a few extra to rule this stinking, rotting dung heap when we have left it. Have you not learned after all these years the ways of the men of Asher? Oh, in general, you will make sure, of course, that they don't die too quickly and scream loudly so that everyone can hear. It would be a shame to let this torturous session go on without leaving a sufficient memory in the minds of those who are left alive. After all, General, that's why we're doing all of this, to put the right terror into the hearts of our subjects so that they will pay their taxes on time and never even consider rebelling. After all, the subjects who fear together, pay together. And besides, it's fun. With the fall of Ashdod and the no-mercy terror tactics of the Assyrians, city after city fell to the massive Assyrian horde. Gasori was able to field an Egyptian army. The two armies met on the coast of the Great Sea at El Tika. Gasori positioned his army well, and for over an hour the two sides skirmished with each other, were neither gaining a significant advantage. Both armies were built around large numbers of superb archers and both sides' infantry was guarded and didn't attempt to charge across the open ground into the deadly fire from the enemy archers. Seeing that the battle was at a stalemate, Rabshaka tried something new.
Take this message to the commander of the chariots. Tell him to find every bush and branch he can. Drag them behind his chariots from one end of the Egyptian line to the other until the dust cloud is so thick that our lines are invisible to them. Next, write to the commander of the heavy infantry division and tell him to advance forward in a spear-like formation under the cover of the dust cloud. Do you understand? Tell him to punch a hole in the enemy center, whereupon I shall order the chariots to follow him through the hole and wreak havoc in the enemy's rear, while the cavalry shall attack them on their flanks. Yes, sir. Very good, sir. Perfectly. Grisori was taken by surprise, and the center of his line was breached in desperation. He called upon his chariot reserves to plug the hole. Aid, ride back to Gaza. Make sure this message gets to my lord, the Pharaoh. Tell him, if the troops I have, the honor to command this day, cannot stop those barbarians, Ra himself can't stop them. And if I should fall on this battlefield, Tell my son I died bow in hand fighting my king's enemies. Now go, go! Chariots, hold your fire till they come within close range. Then fire and give them the lance and spear. And when you charge, yell like Furious thunder coming down from the heavens above. Take aim! Fire! Charge, chariots! Despite the bravery of the Egyptians, they were no match for the Assyrians, who like a hungry lion on scent of blood smelled victory and pushed their advantage to the full. Within less than an hour, the Assyrians were masters of the field, and Egyptian soldiers lay scattered by the thousands across the field of Eltika. Gersori himself was dying upon the field of battle when Rabshakeh found him in a mass of his soldiers devastated by Assyrian bowmen. There you are, you wretched men. Did you think you could resist my lord and his enemies? I see that you are not only wounded, but you are suffering from your wounds terribly. Your death is close, and I will not show you mercy. I will die on this field, but you need to concern yourself with the one who fears God more than you. <laughs> My king and his god has destroyed the kingdom of the earth. 
you and Judah are all that stands in our way of conquering the kingdom of this world. I do not fear you, but the one who created all. Do not find your strength in yourself and your hands, but in the one who is above it all. You are old, sorry. <laughs> and I shall leave you to your demise and the stink that comes from you. Do not tell me to fear when my armies have decimated all Egypt can come at us with nothing. We shall march on Jerusalem and then on Egypt. You can do nothing to stop me, nothing. If those are the last words you hear as you breathe your last breath, know this, you can do nothing. After the decimation of the Egyptian army, terror flew before the Assyrian army as it destroyed Judah's cities one by one until they reached Lachish where they camped and set forth themselves to destroy the hilltop citadel. The siege of Lachish lasted for some time as the Assyrians were forced to create massive siege ramps and battering rams, which eventually succeeded in tearing through the gates of Lachish. Sennacherib commemorated the slaughter by forcing artists to carve the moment of breakthrough in stone. During the siege of Lachish, the health of King Hezekiah deteriorated, declining further and further until at times he only salvaged hours of time on his feet. The Assyrians were coming, and the king of Judah was dying from a cancerous boil. My lord, sorry to wake you. Lachish has fallen. Very well. Inventory our positions and send what we have to Sennacherib. And yes, pull the gold from the temple doors. Very well. One more thing. Our guests from Babylon are still here, and they requested time with you today. Are you well to show them around? I will find strength. I will see them in a few hours. My lord, with the troubles in Lakish, I would like to see if we could spend some time together before I journey back to see my father, the king of Babylon. Yes, I promised a tour of the palace. But today, you have an opportunity to even see the treasures of the kingdom. Hezekiah would go on to show Marduk and Baladan all that was in the city of Jerusalem, and even the treasuries of the kingdom packed in crates to be given to Assyria as a bribe to end the conflict. Marduk was most impressed, unaware the treasures were being given off to the Assyrians. Upon their exit from Jerusalem, the prophet Isaiah confronted Hezekiah as he watched the crates of gold being hauled away to Sennacherib. Where did the men come from? Babylon. 
What did you want with those men? They are from Babylon. What did you show them? <laughs> Everything. Everything in the kingdom, that is. All we have left. See the crates being hauled away to Sennacherib? I showed him those crates and everything, except the temple, since I was embarrassed about the doors. Because you did this, because you showed the Babylonians around and showed them everything, it will be they who come and destroy and haul away your ancestors, making some of them eunuchs and prisoners of Babylon. <laughs> my God, at least it's not in my lifetime. <laughs> Hezekiah is quickly rushed to his bed, where he is urged by his wife to not take his eyes off of God. Hezekiah would never forget her words as long as he lived. No matter how long he had to live, regardless of his lease on life, days or years, in walks Isaiah, bearing a word from the Lord that was horror to the ears of Hezekiah. Get your house in order because you are going to die and not recover. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. Lord, look upon your servant. Look upon my face and show me your salvation and healing. Lord, I haven't a single one after me to inherit the kingdom. What am I to do in the middle of my life when there was so much more to do and see and learn? Meanwhile, Isaiah was exiting the palace when the Lord told him to return to the king, and he does, revealing the true heart of God. This is what the Lord says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears, and I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the Assyrians. I will defend this city. Thank you, God, for saving me and showing this country your great salvation. Hezekiah would receive his healing over a three-day period, and even as the Assyrians were marching on Jerusalem, he composed a thanksgiving psalm to God. I said, in the prime of my life must I go through the gates of death and be robbed of the rest of my years. I said, I will not again see the Lord himself in the land of the living. No longer will I look on my fellow man or be with those who now dwell in this world. Like a shepherd's tent, my house has been pulled down and taken from me. Like a weaver, I have rolled up my life, and he has cut me off from the loom. Day and night, you made an end of me. I waited patiently till dawn, but like a lion, he broke all my bones. Day and night, you made an end of me. I cried like a swift or thrush. I moaned like a mourning dove. My eyes grew weak as I looked to the heavens. I am being threatened. Lord, come to my aid. But what can I say? He has spoken to me, and he himself has done this. I will walk humbly all my years because of this anguish of my soul. 
Lord, by such things people live, and my spirit finds life in them too. You restored me to health and let me live. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction. You have put all my sins behind your back. For the grave cannot praise you. Death cannot sing your praise. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, they praise you as I'm doing today. Parents tell their children about your faithfulness. The Lord will save me and we will sing with stringed instruments all the days of our lives in the temple of the Lord.